You know, it's been it's been a rough road it's recording been. remotely. You know, I feel like it has, and I feel like it hasn't. Um, but then I think back to at the very beginning of the podcast where we you would come down for a weekend and we'd mm. record like 10 episodes at once. And I'm like, I how, how did I have the stamina for that? How did I have the stamina? Absolutely. But at the same time, like, I do miss that because we'd 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 record. We'd go to the diner at like three o'clock in the morning. We'd gorge yeah. our faces. We'd wake we'd up. We'd record at, like, more. <laughs> I was going to say we'd go to sleep. We'd wake up at like noon. We'd record more. We'd rinse yeah. repeat. It was great. I mean, we're we're almost at our what is it? Two eighty one. No, but what is it? Our four year and five. five year and five years. Yeah, April's gonna be five years, guys. Your old ball and chain over here. Yep, you got two of them. One for each leg. One for each leg. <laughs> um, <sighs> we're recording early because <gasps> when you listen to this. I'll be on a fucking beach. Yeah, she will. Motherfucker. <laughs> so um, excited. Also, happy Valentine's Day. You're my Valentine. Happy, we were recording this on Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're my present this year. Beats. Um Yeah, you know. <laughs> Are we ready to jump in? I don't know. It's not my episode. So I don't know. You haven't introduced the podcast yet. So. Shit, shit. That is right. your job. All right. Ah. Uh, I don't recall me being we unofficially designated. Yeah, see, that's not we official. unofficially labeled you the intro on the outro. Okay, I've unofficially decided I'm the president. Doesn't mean it happens unless uh, um, <laughs> you might be able to. I might. Um, so this is crime culture. Hi. I'm not the president. I'm Caitlin. Yet. That's Haley. Yep. Also not the president, though. You could be my first lady if you wanted. No, thanks. All right. Fine, then. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Glad, Glad we, we settled that, that out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, Today, I'm just pushing her away so that she can have a good time on her vacation and yes. not feel guilty leaving me. Oh, yeah. So much guilt. Um, <laughs> today, we are talking about something. I This topic makes me very angry mm-hmm. because I didn't know anything about this topic until finding I until I needed to find an episode for this month we're mm. doing uh, a month of uh, black history episodes yep and um, came across this this case and so angry that this is not more talked about mm-hmm. because it should be yeah um we are talking today about Joanne little and I'm gonna jump right in so Uh, Oh, also, trigger warning for this episode. Uh, It focuses on sexual assault. I won't be getting into, like, real details or anything like that, but just as an upfront warning, just so you know. Good to know. Um, So Little was born in 1953 in the small town of Washington, North Carolina. And Sidebar actually read an article um, that said the town called itself the original Washington since it was mm. named before Washington, D.C. But okay. everyone everyone else called it Little Washington because it was much smaller than D.C. It only had a population of under 10,000 people, which is like the town that I grew up in. Very small. Okay. Uh, the town itself was extremely segregated in the 60s and 70s when Little was growing up, which didn't set her up for success very well. 
mm. uh, like a lot of places in that time. Right. Um, so on her birth certificate, her name is written as J-O-A-N, which lots of people would pronounce uh, Joan. Yeah. Um, but she preferred to pronounce it Joanne, as in like J-O-A-N-N-E. Um, I might mess it up <laughs> in the episode every once in a while, but it is Joanne. That's what she called herself. That's fine. Um, so she was the oldest of nine children. Yeah, she had six full siblings and four half siblings. Um, and she was from a relatively poor family. Her okay. biological father left when she was just a kid and moved to New York City to work as a security guard. So she was raised by her stepfather and her mother, Jesse Williams, who um, loved a couple her articles, on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> right. Uh, a couple of articles said that she was like a little eccentric and um, she would um, she was like kind of religious Mm-hmm. And uh, a little out there. I don't know if any of these claims are true, uh, but it could be a reason why um, Little kind of had to step up a little bit more in her family. Yeah. Um, so by the time she was 15 in 1968, Little had dropped out of school. And this was unfortunately not uncommon. The U.S. Census mm-hmm. data says that less than half of black folks in the 70s completed high school. Obviously, oh, wow. the systemic racism constantly barring people of color from getting an education is a topic for another day. Um, and a topic is, we did partially discuss last week. Uh, yes, uh, with Thurgood Marshall. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, but Little's mother asked a judge to, to declare her a truant and to commit her to the Dobbs Farm Training School in Kingston, North Carolina. A truant is like... Um, yeah, like an obstinate kid that's like a youth, a, a, a yeah. bad seed, a Ferris yeah, yeah. Bueller, if you will. Exactly. Skipping yeah, school, yeah. doing, kicking the can, doing whatever. Um, but after a few weeks there, Little fled, walking to a nearby service station where she and a friend hitched a ride back to Little Washington. After that, uh, she was sent to Philadelphia to stay with relatives and continue her education there. Her mother later said, quote, she always wanted to be a city girl, end quote. But by the time she turned 18, Little was back in her hometown working whatever job she could get. She worked as a waitress, a cook. She got a job in a shirt factory, and she even spent some time in construction, typically a male job at the time and kind of still. Yeah. Um, Very male-dominated field. Exactly, yeah. Allegedly, she was working with a sheetrock finisher. Wow. Unfortunately... Uh, when resources are limited, so are options. Mm-hmm. So Little fell in with a kind of a bad crowd. She began dating the owner of a pool hall named Julius Rogers and working at a disco near a marine base. And sidebar a little bit, that marine base was Camp Lejeune. Have you heard these? I've heard of Camp yes. Lejeune. How have I heard of Camp Lejeune? You've heard of Camp Lejeune because I guess the water or something was tainted and now all these people <gasps> are getting super sick. Right. right? Oh, girl. Kind of like that That's water crazy. in Ohio that nobody's talking about. Yeah. So. Google Ohio. Yes. Um, just the state. Just Google just, the state. I was about to say, just Great Ohio. Place. Um. So there were rumors that she would take friends from the disco and run them over to the Marine base for sex work, essentially acting as a a pimp. But this was a baseless claim. Mm -hmm. People were trying to, like, throw shit on her to get her in trouble. Um, (sighs) Unfortunately, what is true is that she started shoplifting. 
in the coastal town of Jacksonville, North Carolina, at the end of 1973, she was charged with the possession of stolen goods. And allegedly, I only read this in like one or two articles, but I, I couldn't find anything that said like this is 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. But apparently she also uh, was charged with possession of a sawed off shotgun. Um, Damn. But she was not prosecuted for this. Okay. On January 3rd, 1974, she was arrested in her hometown of Washington, North Carolina, for shoplifting, but that charge was also dismissed. Mm -hmm. Six days later, Little was again arrested for shoplifting, a charge which she was given a suspended six-month sentence. Six days after her release from that, she was arrested again and charged with three separate counts of felony, breaking and entering, and larceny. Her trial was set for June 3rd, 1974, and she left town in the interim. Uh, Her brother, Jerome Little, acted as her partner for certain break-ins and another string of offenses. And at trial, he possibly turned on her, maybe in exchange for a reduced sentence, though his lawyer denied these claims. But he did only get a five-year suspended sentence. Okay. Little, meanwhile, was convicted on June 4th, 1974, and given a 7- to 10-year sentence in jail. What the fuck? Yeah. She asked to remain in the county jail rather than be transferred to the correctional facility for women in Raleigh, Mm. as would have been customary. But she said that remaining in Washington would allow her to remain close to home where she could work on raising her $15,000 bond so that she could get out. Yeah, which I think is especially how old is she at this point? She's young. Like 19? Yeah. Like, I mean. Yeah, she's young. This is. And I I, I was like a couple articles had said that like people were kind of like after her to like watch her to make a mistake. Yeah. Like there were there were people that were like, we're watching you to make a mistake to get you in trouble. I mean, and quite frankly, like she was a black woman in America, like they were watching her well before that, probably because like, look at look at what what it was already a teenager who's who's white yeah who who shoplifts or yeah, who, exactly. who does even worse like yeah. it just and the reason why she uh she was not charged with some of the other um alleged times that she had shoplifted is because there wasn't enough evidence yeah it's like well how do you charge someone <laughs> when you don't you can't prove it exactly exactly i mean and and yeah. Especially because, and because it's still something, this is still something that happens, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I've had it happen to friends where you just, you'll get, and not the general you, not I, unfortunately, or I do have the privilege where this doesn't happen to me, where they'll get followed around or they will. In stores. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Like I've been with friends where they'll get followed and I won't. Yeah. Like yeah, or or they'll tell me about times where they'd get followed and they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't do this with other people like they just do exactly. it because of like and oh well I, can I see inside your bag? And it, it's like it's, no, fuck off. No. And there and there but there's your lack of evidence. Oh, I know yeah, exactly. I know that she was stealing, but I just can't prove it. Yeah. Well, that's I wonder the whole why. thing that. Yeah. Um so Little had hardly been in jail for 3 months when she was attacked. Clarence Alligood, Alligood, I think is what it is. It's A-L-L-I-G-O-O-D, all E good. Uh, He was a 62-year-old prison guard scumbag whose own wife confessed that he was a racist. He had a history of raping women prisoners and trading items like snacks and magazines for sexual acts. (sighs) 
in an interview with James Reston for the New York Times, Little said that um, her cell actually had a camera pointed toward it with no shower curtain or door for the toilet. Um, Mm -hmm. And on the night of the attack, this camera wasn't working, coincidentally. Mm -hmm. So they made sure to have a camera pointed so that she couldn't get a fucking moment's peace. But in the one time that it was needed, guess what? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it wasn't working. Shocker. Yeah. Uh, Oligan had frequently tried soliciting sex from Little. And during the night of August 26, 1974, he visited her cell three times from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. Uh, mm-hmm. Wigan, he got tired of her rejection. He pointed an ice pick at Little and forced her to perform oral sex on him. Little managed Ugh. to get the ice pick away from Oligood and stabbed him and escaped. And Oligood was five inches taller and at least 100 pounds heavier than her. So fuck yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, yeah. She must have fought like hell. Yeah. Um, Good for her. In the early morning hours of August 27th, prison officials found Oligood's half-naked body slumped over Little's bunk. One hand was on his pants. The other was loosely gripping the ice pick. A trail of dried semen was found going down his left thigh. He had 11 stab wounds, including one that (gasps) pierced his heart and another to his temple. This seems, I mean, and and quite honestly, like, this seems kind of open and shut, though. Like, you'd think that, that, right? That jizz didn't just, I know, I'm prefacing because I have a feeling I know where this is going. That jizz did not just drip out his penis. No, no. Like, come on. Uh, Little remained on the run for a few days, but after officials invoked a Reconstruction-era fugitive law that would allow anyone who found her to shoot her on sight... What the... Okay. Yeah. Little turned herself into the authorities in Raleigh, which is the state capital. Um, Later in the trial, she said, quote, I ran because it was self-defense. If the authorities there had gotten to me before anybody, before any other buddy, I would never would have been here to tell what really happened, end quote. Which is absolutely 100% true. Yeah. She would have, she would have been yeah. like Dead. immediately, immediately put away. Absolutely. Or worse. Um, she was charged with first degree murder and if convicted, she would receive the death penalty. Wow. Yeah. Um, those who believed Little was guilty saw her as a Jezebel who had lured Oligood to her cell with a promise of sex, and when he was at his most vulnerable, he she ruthlessly stabbed him and fled. On the other Please. side, yeah, right. Little supporters saw a vulnerable black woman, a victim of racism and sexism, who valiantly defended herself against an abusive system that routinely has done the same thing to many black folks before and after. Yeah. Several forces joined together in support of Little, including the Women's Legal Defense Fund, the National Black Feminist Organization, the Rape Crisis Center, the Feminist Elite, uh, Alliance Against Rape, and the National Organization of Women. Together, mm-hmm. they fundraised for Little's defense. Even Rosa Parks and Angela Davis spoke out in support of Little. Wow. Yeah. She quickly became an icon, not just for the civil rights movement, but also for women's rights and prisoners' rights. Her story had a lot of pressure and many eyes on it. One activist said to the local news crew, quote, well, I think this is one of the most significant cases concerning a black person in the past 30 to 40 years in the history of the United States. We feel it is so important because it goes to the very heart of the question as to whether a black woman has the right to defend herself when she is the victim of a white racist sexist attack. And we Mm -hmm. feel Joanne Little acted in self-defense and we feel the way this question is answered will have tremendous repercussions throughout this country in regards to the life that black women are able to live, end quote. Yeah. 
Definitely. A hundred percent. That's like, yeah, that's it. Like this she she became an icon without ever wanting it, without ever like trying to be this person. She wasn't trying to escape prison. She was literally just trying to defend herself. Mm-hmm. And then once this happened, she was like, Oh fuck, if I stay here and do nothing, I'm never gonna be able to tell my story. Right. So she did what she had to do. Absolutely. I mean, and you don't know what you would do in that situation. No. No. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine, quite yeah, honestly. Exactly. So Little's lawyers, Jerry Paul and Karen Galloway, uh, were they knew that a fair trial just was not possible in Beaufort County. So they worked with a social scientist named Courtney Mullen to prove this. Mullen mm-hmm. said in an interview with the New York Times that an undertaking this large would normally take upwards of a year. But knowing that they didn't have that kind of time, her team worked 12 hour days to complete the, their report in a matter of months. Wow. According. Right. <laughs> Holy shit. Everyone knew how important this was. But also, yeah. um, I don't ha- have the quote right here, but um, Jerry Paul, one of the lawyers, would say later that like. Yeah, we were able to do all this, but guess what? Money paid for it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that that's not an option. It's just not feasible for them. Right. Like so many eyes were on this case and there were so many different like defense funds and people like giving support to this that like not every single case that happens like this is given the same amount of eyes and the same amount of support. No, absolutely not. So they were able to do this incredible thing, but only because money was involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <sighs> but according to her findings, Mullen's report said that despite the fact that black folks made up 30% of the eligible juror pool in the county, only about 13.5% of black jurors were actually selected. Wow. They, yeah. They also found that women were being disproportionately excused. When Mullen brought this fact up to prosecutor William Griffin, his response was incredibly sexist, and it's going to make everyone incredibly mad. Can't wait. Uh, Mullen said in the New York Times interview, quote, we proved that they were underrepresented given their numbers in the population. They are not underrepresented as far as summonses go. They are summoned in equal numbers to their proportion of the population. They are excused by the judge too much. They are excused by the judge for reasons of children, of having children. And Griffin said, well, you can't, uh, well, you can't have a court and have high chairs all over the court. And that's just absurd. I mean, really an absurd argument. Is that, uh, is, is it that he thinks women cannot do the job? End quote. I'm so fucking mad. So this guy I'm... was like, there's going to be kids all over the place. We can't have women in the court. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is the type of guy that, like, I just, I, like. You pray he doesn't have daughters. But actually, like, the type of guy that's like, oh, they can just turn their periods off. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't have a fucking clue. And he's running something. Like, not like. He's in charge of people's fates. That's what I'm saying. Like, this guy should not be in charge of, like, what the rest of his family is having for breakfast. Yeah. Much less what happens to someone's life. Yeah, exactly. Because we're not saying that, like, she's just going to go to jail. If 
if Little was convicted She'll of this, f- she would get the death penalty. Yes, she would fucking die. And yeah. that's just so... I, and she I, can't have a jury of her peers because mm-hmm. you think that there's going to be children in the courtroom. Yeah. And they can't focus on doing the job. Yeah. Which all, yeah. Like, I just... Well, another thing that's going to make you angry and make everyone oh, angry. Oh, great. This report also included a survey. One of the questions was, do you believe Joanne Little killed Clarence Allgood in self-defense? Nearly 40% said no. But worse, the question was, do black women have lower morals than white women? No. And are black people more motivated or more violent than white people? And um, over 60% of people responded yes to both of those questions. Oh my god! It's more than I'm not half. laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because I'm pissed. Like, and how absurd that is! You think she's gonna get a fair so... trial? That's like, fucking crazy. Your joke, like, and it just makes it makes me angry in the fact that first of all, that people would say that, but also second of all, that like, this was found. Obviously, it took a lot of money and a lot of resources to get this report done. But you can't carry over this report to every other case in this county. So there were there were uh, cases going on, actively going on in this county of people in similar situations, people Mm -hmm. of color who couldn't use this information for themselves. Mm -hmm. So they were just being thrown to the wolves and couldn't get the help that this report showed. Yeah. It's just so frustrating. It's like this is a prime example of what because the issue is also like this. Like we keep saying it, this wasn't that long ago. No. And we still run into not necessarily this exact same example, but this level of incompetence. Yeah. In our judicial system today. And it's just so frustrating to hear this knowing that it, we nothing's have been so fixed long. since yeah then. we've got so yeah. long to go like it's yeah. just <sighs> well the data proved little could not get a fair trial in Beaufort County so on April 22nd 1975 the judge granted the change of venue and the trial would be moved forward in Raleigh uh, but frustratingly, the judge's written decision didn't cite racism or sexism once. He said that the media attention would result in an unfair trial. So yeah, you granted the move, but it. you couldn't say for why. Well, yeah, because he can't kick out the people that are like, how do I put this? She is getting the appropriate amount of attention. Mm-hmm. In the media and in the public, there's there's supporters out there. He is doing everything he actively can to weed out any supporters and to stack this in uh, not in her favor. Yeah. And so of course he's not going to let the media in there. Like, I mean, it's just. Add it to the list. He just wants he he has decided already what her fate is going to be, and he is going to do whatever it takes to make that happen. Well, now he doesn't get to do Fair that trial because be damned. the trial's been moved to Raleigh. But regardless, yes, but that's what, that I'm that tri- that's, what he, that's his motive. I'm saying is that's yeah, his motivation. Exactly. So regardless that the trial was moved and the um, defense took a scientific approach to picking jurors, they even went as far as um, they 
had people reading body language and having a psychic read people's auras. Oh, my God. Um, They knew that going to trial was still a big risk for Little. She said in a New York Times interview, quote, I used to believe that people could actually go to court and get justice and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that when you go to court, people would look at the color of your skin and they say, I think you should have 20 or 30 years. But since I got into this, I've been listening to the news and reading papers and whatnot. And I actually see what they do and uh, what they do in... Uh, It's really a thing where it's sort of like favoritism. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that they would let a white person off, you know, completely, but they'd be less lenient towards a black person than they would be a white person where they'd give them more penalties. Absolutely. Uh, Might give one going in for breaking and entering, might give them, you know, 30 years if he's black, and then a white person could come up with the same charge and they give him 10 years. You know, I've seen it happen. It just goes to prove that, you know, it changes for different sects of people and the laws are not made up if you're black. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Mm -hmm. So during what the Chicago Tribune called the trial of the decade, little supporters descended on the Wake County Courthouse in Raleigh with signs that said free Joanne Little, defend black womanhood and self-defense is not a crime. Yeah. In the courtroom, prosecutors predictably attacked Little's respectability and credibility. They tried to convince the jury that she had bad morals, that she was sexually promiscuous, uh, but they they had no evidence besides suggesting that Little had lured Ola Good to her cell. What a um, surprise. Yeah, exactly. The prosecution made such a nothing argument that by the time they were wrapping up, the judge reduced Little's charges from first-degree murder to second-degree murder. Wow. Yeah, even hearing the the prosecute their opening arguments, they were like, Ugh, "What incompetence!" Like yeah. they they can't like, and I'm not saying they can't even I'm, make I'm a case. They can't even make a case exactly like because they thought this, this was going to be laughable. such a slam dunk. It was like we have a a small white a small black woman that killed um a white I think he might have been a veteran or something too right like, of course yeah. there's always yeah, course. they because they know that's that's actually that's an excellent point that you're making is we know that he's a veteran we know that he's this fine upstanding citizen blah 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 I am sure that she has plenty of examples of being a fine upstanding human being herself and yet those yeah. are not being brought to the table no they're only going to talk about the shoplifting and, and, and why she was in jail think, in the first place. Yeah. They think she's promiscuous. Like, yeah. I mean, even if she is, like, who gives a fuck that she you has can't sex? Be on tri- like, yeah, you can't be no, on trial for that. No, this isn't... I just... I'm, yeah. I don't well, know, man. In their arguments, the defense detailed the documented but swept under the rug history of jailers abusing incarcerated women. But most important, uh, most importantly... Um, they would bring in the testimonies from other brave women who had been abused by Oligood. Excellent. Ida Mae Robertson, Anne-Marie Gar- uh, Garnera, and okay. Phyllis Ann Moore told the stories about things Oligood had said and done to them while they were incarcerated, showing the jury a pattern of behavior. Um, and lastly, Little herself went on the stand. She recounted the events through tears and calmly and firmly answered all the questions during her cross-examination. 
that's um, so brave like quite honestly yeah. like imagine being in that room where so many people are rooting against you and like actively trying to kill you yeah well they said um first of all if in any trial it is a huge risk to put the person on trial on the stand generally yeah. you don't do that um but they said that she had gone over they had like coached her on um like these are the questions people are going to ask you and you're going to have to answer these questions truthfully calmly not get heated um you're going to there's infuriating questions they're going to be demeaning and horrible but you have to answer these questions mm -hmm. calmly and forcefully and uh don't show any signs of what they want to get out of exactly. you they want to get a rise out of you exactly they want to prove their point yeah exactly um, so for her closing arguments and her very first time, because she was a new lawyer, good for her. Karen Galloway taped off a five by seven foot box on the ground and stood inside it as she addressed the jury. Okay. She later said in an interview with News and Observer, quote, I asked the jurors to imagine themselves as Joanne and feel what she was feeling. I'd say you're 19. You are alone. In comes Mr. Oligood. You've trusted him. You liked him. And then I led the jurors through the rape scene, end quote. And she just chills. had every, she had, she had everyone crying. Yeah, I've got. She's like, you taped down a five by seven box. This is all that woman had to move within, mm -hmm. and this six foot two guy comes in and has power over you. Clearly, you're in such a vulnerable position. What are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? Like, it, it's just. So the jury, which is, it was an interesting uh, jury selection. They actually, um, like I said, they went in and like very pick and choose the jury of exactly who they wanted. Yeah. Um, it was made up of six black people, six white people, nine of which were women, seven of which were under 40. Um, this group of 12 deliberated for an hour and 18 minutes before delivering the not guilty verdict, making Joanne Little Excellent. the first woman in the U.S. to be acquitted for the use of deadly force to resist sexual assault. Wow. Yeah. Damn. And we've never heard about I this. I was about Liter to say, and we've never heard. Like, this is an I Survived episode. Exactly. Like, this is, I I've, I've, am so... It, I I don't have the words like yeah. I'm I'm just like what a a miracle for her like what a badass like I just wow yeah I, she really went through it she did she um, later this. in interviews jurors would say of the decision quote we cleared our minds of anything we felt could keep us from getting a unanimous verdict. Uh, on the first vote, we all decided, end quote. Mm -hmm. um, they also said, quote, the state really hadn't shown us enough evidence, end quote, which is 100% true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Little came out of the courtroom and was greeted by a huge crowd singing Oh Happy Day, which I can only imagine. It's so beautiful. Ooh, I've got chills. Right. Like, I know it keeps happening and it's probably not going to stop happening. But like, if I don't have chills, like, yeah, that's going to uh, be so she freeing. She said, quote, I didn't think that the jury was going to come back as quickly as they did. When they came back, all I could do was try to block out everything and just sit really still. And when they said yes, they had a verdict. And when they said not guilty, I just threw my head back and tears came out because I was just so happy that I would never have to go to bed thinking, well, I wonder what they're going to do. And I feel good that I have my freedom. End quote. Yeah. 
But. Mm, there's always a but. Here's the but. Unfortunately for Little, this trial was not the end. She went right back to jail to finish out the sentence she was serving when she was attacked. Okay. So her, her attack did not commute her sentence at all. Mm. She still had to go for seven to ten years. God. She was paroled in 1979, and after that just largely disappeared from the public eye. Fair. I we don't, don't know what happened. Her. But, I mean, she deserves her privacy. Definitely. 100%. Uh, but her life and her case pull back the curtain and reveal how a capitalist society creates the conditions that systemically incarcerate and assault black women and girls, obviously. Absolutely. Um, but the trial win shows the power of collective action and strength in numbers. And it's really that that kind of got this case where it was. I think if she hadn't had the support of all these different groups and hadn't had all of these eyes on her and everything, which again, financially backed this trial. Yep. Um, I don't know where it would have gone. Maybe no. it was another case where it would have swept under the rug. I mean, cases have happened since then that, uh, haven't gone the way yeah. we want it to. Absolutely. But it is important to talk about this case and to keep talking about this case so when stuff like this comes up again, we're like, hey, uh, this was a fucked up case and guess what? It's still happening. Mm -hmm. So let us do something about this now. Wow. Yeah. As far as pop culture goes, there's not a ton, uh, which again, is a crime because there I, should be because <laughs> we need to know more about this. But Little herself authored a poem entitled I Am Somebody, which was incorporated into a mural in San Diego's uh, Chicano Park by the female muralist of Sacramento's Royal Chicano Air Force. Mm -hmm. Bernice Johnson Reagan, who's a singer and member of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, the SNCC, created the freedom song Joanne Little, which became the anthem for the Free Joanne Little Movement. Mm -hmm. The acapella musical group Sweet Honey in the Rock included it in their 1976 self-titled album. Little is also one of the subjects of Jane Cortez's poem entitled Rape, along with Inez Garcia. Mm -hmm. Little's story is mentioned in Danielle McGuire's 2011 book, At the Dark End of the Street, Black Women, Rape, and Resistance, A New History of the Civil Rights Movement from Rosa Parks to the Rise of Black Power. This book has a 4.8 out of 5 on Amazon, 4.5 for six out of five on Goodreads and 88% on Google. Nice. And before we go and before we end it, I know it's a little bit of a shorter episode, um, but again, I the only things I could reference were like a New York Times article and uh, a Wikipedia article. Yeah. It's crazy how little information there is. Um. But I wanted to mention um, a site called Survived and Punished. And so today there are many people like Joanne Little prosecuted because they defended themselves from sexual violence, domestic violence, racist and transphobic attacks. And they're still in prison all over the U.S. So you can go to the Survived and Punished website to learn about these cases and get involved in supporting them. 
Uh, Survived and Punished, or SMP, is a national coalition that includes survivors, organizers, victim advocates, legal advocates and attorneys, policy experts, scholars, and currently and formerly incarcerated people. And they organize to decriminalize efforts to survive domestic and sexual violence, support and free criminalized survivors, and abolish gender violence, uh, policies, uh, prisons, and deportations. Damn. So we will uh, link the Survived and Punished websites on our socials so you can um, get that. Always want to end on the call to action there. Hell yeah. And that is the story, short as it may be, of Joanne Little. Yeah. That's a wild, like I'm still, this is, these are the types of things that we need to talk about. That we, yeah. uh, that we, not just like you and like as a site that we need to be talking about. Yeah. And I know like we've had, we've definitely had people suggest uh, like smaller cases to us. Yes. And while we do, of course, want to talk about all of those, we do have to uh, stick to kind of what our podcast's main um, thesis statement is, which yes. is true crime and pop culture and where they intersect and how they've, uh, changed society through music movies books laws policies stuff like that so um if there are smaller cases that we have enough to do maybe a couple in an episode or something like that and you know of something we could do a roundup episode by all means keep sending them just know that if if we don't go with your suggestion it's just because we have to keep it within the realm of our, the theme and what have you whatever you want to call it of our podcast it's what our listeners are here for and and also certain things there's there's a lot of i think uh trauma rubbernecking going on mm. in a lot of in a lot of cases um for example the violence against our trans friends that they're experiencing right now um, that they've been experiencing. This is not new. Yeah. Our our episode on Venus Extravaganza just goes to show that. And it's been happening long before she was killed, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but it's, 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 how do I put this? I don't want to say it's our duty because that makes us sound far more important than we are. But if we, we have a platform, to... we want to use it for something that uh, is good. Yeah, we don't want to contribute to the trauma porn. We want to provide like and and that's why we, for example, are that's why we do our So You Want to Know About series, um, which if you're a Patreon patron of a certain level, get voting on that. We've got a special one this the end of this month. Um, If you're interested in voting or joining our Patreon link in bio. Um, But if you. It, it, if if our listeners want to hear about something, we we will try to find a way to work it in. It's just a case of we can't always. It's not always beneficial to the victims or their families. Yeah, and, especially if it's one of those cases where um, it's still unfolding. Yes, and we don't have all the info. Yes. Um, Especially with our So You Want to Know About series, mm-hmm. we're just, we're not um, talking about like the pop culture so much on that side. We're talking about 
this has been in the headlines. There's going to yeah. be a lot of chatter about it. Here's that is the pop culture. The facts. Yeah. You're seeing this on your feeds. You're seeing this on TV. Here's what's actually happening and here's what's not. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's it's a very, I think you said it best, that it's a very nuanced subject. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been, I've seen so many more articles, especially recently. And I think it's like, especially with the um, the University of Idaho murders that's just been ramped up of people talking about um, the thin line between true crime interest Mm -hmm. and true crime as specifically a um, entertainment. Yeah. Because these are people's lives. Mm -hmm. Joanne Little is presumably still out there alive. Yeah. Um, Has her privacy. She um, deserves it. Deserves it. She went through this whole thing and uh, is still a name in this movement and if she wanted to come out and say something about it she would yeah and she doesn't so and that's let's right. leave it there yeah mm-hmm. not doing the whole like oh finding out where this person lives using their their uh sites of this as um like true crime tourism yeah no 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 that's not interested in that that's not what that's not why we started this no um, and because this is so heavy in the end, uh, we want to end with a palate cleanser, something Ooh. that is not true crime related that, uh, could just ease you back into the, the world of the chill, the chill. Okay. The chill. And, uh, the palate cleanser for this episode is something that I've really been enjoying. It's been out for a little while, but I've been watching it. Is um, the Proud Family reboot? <gasps> I've been loving the Proud Isn't Family it reboot. Amazing! Oh, if you were a '90s kid, this th- this sounds so like millennial '90s kids will only understand. But yeah. girl, like go go off. Tell I, them. I just it is the the way they've upgraded the animation mm-hmm. is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they have kind of changed over a couple different characters yeah. and like upgraded their looks and everything. I I'm really enjoying. Agreed. Um the um uh, Asian lines. triplets, they yes. uh decided to make less racist. Yeah. Um and definitely more real. Just like, <laughs> yes, individualized. Yeah. Uh the the storylines, they've always tackled storylines that are like like very important like Mm -hmm. it's not so much of the 90s like this is a very special episode it's just like this is real this is this is we're just gonna talk about real shit yeah yeah um definitely also a thing that i think um like i'm listening obviously i'm (laughs) i'll say it again i'm listening to the boy meets world rewatch podcast (laughs) and uh boy meets world kind of did something similar that they were just like we're not gonna have super special episodes where we like warn you in advance it's just like these are like Every episode's kind of a slice of life, and whether mm-hmm. it's heavy, whether it's like lighter, that's just what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Proud Family was always good. The reboot is just a worthy uh, re-entering into this world that I really am enjoying. Yes. So check out the Proud, I agree. Proud Family reboot. I agree. And tell them where it is, Hale. I totally forgot because I didn't write it down. It's on Disney and- Plus. 
Disney Plus, yeah. Girl, I have just all the it. streaming. <laughs> I just have all the streaming service like little mm-hmm. uh, blocks on my my yep. uh, my TV like line thing when it comes up. So I don't even look. I just click on it. No, it's muscle memory. No, yeah. I get it. I get it. But no, I agree. I highly recommend. I, it's just it's just so good. If you loved the original, you will love this one just as much and i like that it's something for everybody like it's for like we're watching it we are adults oh, without not, children it's definitely not just like a kid's show yeah yeah but i never felt i never felt it exactly just and like even the original i never felt it no. was just a kid's show no it was like a step down from like it was like a and by a step down i mean like in terms of like what isn't is not appropriate for television sort of thing like from like the simpsons mm-hmm. it was it, it's it was just on a children's network but no it's a good it's a good cartoon it's a good show yeah i oh i hard agree like oh it's such and also fun fact that i've definitely told you michael Mm -hmm. gets so fucking sick and tired of me for saying this because every time we are in this particular area i have to bring it up the character of la cienega boulevardes didn't realize how funny i know la cienega in la and her and isn't her mom's sunset boulevard is yep yep there and didn't realize how funny that name was when i was a kid exactly and now i bring it up every chance i get and when i've got friends visiting from out of town oh that's my timer telling me i need to feed my cats um so we'll be out in a sec because they want to be fed um but every time I'm in that vicinity, if I've got like friends visiting from out of town, I tell them that fact and they get so excited and Michael's eyes are going to get stuck in the back of their head one day from rolling so hard. But it's true. It's and also she was named that because this is what I've heard. Um, the writers of the show, their their writer's room, their studio was on La Cienega Boulevard. Well, that makes sense. But La also Cienega Boulevard is rolling it right back into Boy Meets World. Topanga. Topanga. Topanga Canyon. Canyon. Yeah. 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 That whole thing. Um, ah. But no, we anyway. love it. We love it. We can do just a pop culture podcast. Please, next time. just a Disney pop culture podcast. Sure. DCOMs. We're still going to do the DCOM podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when. One day. When this One day. like crashes when, into a fiery when, explosion. No, 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 no. No fiery explosions. No, 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 no. When we have no longer got a reason to talk about the things that we have to talk about. Oh, God. Hopefully. Someday. Hopefully someday. We're already planned out for like 500 episodes, so yeah. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah, but you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you want to stay in touch, you can go to our website. It's crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. That's you it. can find all of the links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can also um, email us, crimeculturepod at gmail.com. And you know what? You can email us or DM us on any of those and ask us for the secret password. We will mm-hmm. send you the link uh, to our Discord if you ask. Yeah. You can join that little community. It's super fun. Um, I'm trying to remember to do like little GIF spoilers on Mondays. Uh, mm-hmm. We talk about our pets. We talk about our crafts. We do recommendations. We talk about the podcast, believe it or not. Um, but there's a whole bunch of stuff over thought? there. So join our Discord if you want to participate or just to lurk. You know, you can hang out. Yeah, um, I lurk. Yeah. I'm I'm too afraid to say things, so I just don't. <laughs> it's fine. Um, what else? 
Patreon. Join our Patreon for as little as a dollar, as much as whatever you want. This podcast oh, yeah. is free to listen to, but not free for us to make. Um, but if you want to still support us and don't have any money, you can uh, like and subscribe and comment and leave Rate a nice review, review for us. Yes. yes. Nice reviews would be preferable. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like a good one. Yeah. That'd be nice. We Believe it or not, like we do read them and caitlin caitlin reads them i believe try not, it or to. not yeah believe it or not i despite what some believe did did pretty well in school am pretty smart and i have too much anxiety to read the comments so uh i only talk to the nice people in the discord of which there there's are so many. many uh if you want to be one of the nice people i talk to uh ask to join our discord um, mm. we'll send you the link. And if we're not responding to a DM in one place, um, just keep yelling at me because um, there's <laughs> a lot of different, there's a lot of different social medias that uh, yeah. I forget to look at. Yeah. So do that. Happens. Or email us. The email goes directly to me. I have my email open on my computer literally all day, every day at work. Mm-hmm. So crimeculturepod at gmail.com. I'll send you the link. We're yeah. there. Um, but... I think that's it. Next episode is the last episode of the month where we're going to talk about a topic chosen by our patrons over on Patreon. So if you are of that tier and you haven't yet voted on the topic we're going to talk about, please do. So we Mm -hmm. have time to prepare a comprehensive episode for you. Uh, If we leave it to the last minute, it's going to be all fucked up. Yep. So get to it. And yeah, um, wish me luck in the sky. Have fun in the sky. Have fun in the Thanks. sand. Have fun in the Thanks. ocean. Yeah, and have, have fun at your uh, on your little vacation. Yeah. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.